0: Welcome to Be All You Are, a Midlife Awakening Podcast. I'm your host, Kena Paranjapay, the founder of All You Are, a women's lifestyle brand, an entrepreneur, writer, and mother. This podcast is all about stepping into all you are. It's about reconnecting to your inner voice so you can hear the whispers of your true desires and cultivate the courage to create the life that is meant for you. Your dreams are your soul's voice. They are worth your time and attention. Now head out on that solo walk or settle into a cozy spot with a favorite beverage and join me. I can't wait to meet you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We are on episode 28. Um, And today I am sitting down with my friend Christy Mandur, the founder of So to Speak, which is all about actionable mental wellness. And I'm going to share a little bit more about Christy before we dive into that conversation. But before that, I wanted to tell you about my new workshop series that is starting Monday, November 13th. It is from 12 to 1 Eastern that week. And it is called Clarity, Confidence, and Courage. And in this workshop series, we are going to spend time getting clear on what it is that you really want. What does your heart desire? What is your soul calling you to do? Forget what you've done in the past. Forget about what others sort of expect from you or what you think you should do. But what is it that you are here to do? That's what we're going to talk about on the first day when we focus on clarity. Then we're going to talk about confidence and about how to nurture the confidence that is already there within us by looking back at the things that we have done in our lives, the challenges that we've overcome, and reestablish a belief and trust in ourselves so that we can be confident going forward. And then on the last day, we're going to focus on courage. How do we draw on the courage? How do we push past our comfort zone to create a life that's so much bigger than you could even imagine, that feels like you are in your most aligned self, that you are exactly where you're supposed to be, and that the sky is the limit? It is going to be an epic Incredible week! There's already 40 women signed up as I record this um, to join me, and I hope that you will be one of them. To sign up, just head over to allyouare.ca/slash clarity. So all you are a l l y o u a r e dot c a forward slash clarity, and from there you can sign up. And I will see you on Monday, November 13th. So I wanted to give a quick introduction to Christy Mandour, my guest today on the podcast. I met Christy at a women's retreat and instantly connected with her warmth and her presence. So it is not a stretch or not surprising, I should say, that she actually helps people stay present when they are speaking. So whether you are... Um, presenting in a meeting at work, whether you are having an important conversation with a family member or friend, whether you are recording a reel. Christy's work teaches us how to stay connected to our inner voice, to speak from our heart, to be fully in our body instead of feeling like we're watching ourselves speak, or feeling like we are um, in our minds spinning around in our minds. And in this episode, she talks about her journey to doing this work. Um, she was an actor um, for many years and still is is in that world. And she's also a certified ICF coach. But what I love about this conversation is learning about Christy, but then also the very actionable tools and tips that she shares that we can implement regardless of, you know, whether you manage a team or whether you are a leader in your organization or not, because we all need to communicate clearly with heart Authentically, and that's what this conversation is about. Tune in, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Welcome, Christy. Hi, Kana, long time no see. <laughs> I know, Christy, <laughs> and I just recorded a conversation on her podcast, so to speak, this morning. And so we are just, you know, hanging out today. Totally, and like continuing on the conversation. I know. Oh, I, I love yeah, it. Right? It's so good. And we had a conversation before we started your podcast recording, and then we just now had another conversation before we started my podcast recording. Yes. So it really is like spending the day together.
1: Yes. And I mean, it's, and it's so fun because we've been trying to like be in touch more and it just happened.
0: I know. It's perfect. It's great. I love it so much. I love it. <laughs> so, you know, I, we just talked about this on your podcast, but the way you and I met was at a women's retreat um, and there's 50 women in the room. And I think there's only like a couple of women that I'm still in touch with post that retreat and you are one of them. And we didn't even spend, like, we weren't sitting at the same table together or anything like that. I think we were both just drawn to each other. Um, and that does happen to me once in a while. And it's so, um, amazing to me how it's usually mutual, right? Cause there's one thing to sort of like maybe fangirl somebody from her, her way. Love um, you how- that. Yeah, exactly. But this is like where it's like, there's a mutual, like, oh, I see something in her and I just want to know more. And I feel like that's what happened with you. And then when I learned about the incredible work you do and, um, it really resonated with me personally. And then I invited you to come speak to my um, mastermind for female founders because I knew that it would really resonate with them. Um, so I would love for you to tell us about the work that you do, but then really your journey to um, doing this work. I will. I want to add one thing just to back up. Yeah, When we
1: talked at that yeah. retreat, it was the literal last hour. Do you remember that? <gasps> yes, you're right. So, the reason I'm saying that is because <laughs> anybody who's listening who is like, Yeah, but I didn't do it at the beginning. And we, you know, now it's the end of the retreat or it's the end of wherever you are. It yes. was, we were together for three full days, like full, full, mm-hmm. full days. Mm-hmm. And Kena and I spoke the last hour. And it was just this very natural, seamless draw. Hi, I think we even gotten like just a similar circle and then we just clicked and we'll continue the conversation later. And that's how it ended up that we stayed connected because we both followed through on like, yeah, there is something I want to continue with this person. So I think that's, yeah, yeah. so that's totally. that. Um, so the work that I do, the work that I do is really... It's really what I need. I feel like a lot of us do the work that we need in some way. It's very mutually, oh, reciprocally beneficial on so many levels. Um, and it was there were so many iterations to it. So currently, the work I do is I work with high-achieving overthinkers who tend to be entrepreneurs. They tend to be creatives. They tend to be leaders in some way. There is an air that leans more into really heart-centered. Because mm-hmm. I do feel that most overthinkers are very sensitive. And so they mm-hmm. have a tendency to go here because mm-hmm. feeling here is like really intense. So mm-hmm. I look at it as a like I'm like a bridge that helps them feel safe to move from their head into their heart and their body. Mm-hmm. And so I do a lot of somatic work and I do a lot of playful ways that people can start to look at different parts of themselves in more of an accepting way so Mm -hmm. that if there's anything that's happening that they're feeling overwhelmed by, whether it has to do with really going for, whether it be a promotion, whether it be going Mm -hmm. for a dream client, whether it be for showing up more visibly when it comes to their business, or if they're working for a company, how to show up more. And when I say that, I don't just mean verbally, I mean like fully in their honest, truthful wholeness, Yes. Right. And how yeah. can they feel safe doing that? Because mm-hmm. we often don't understand that it, it absolutely all roads lead, lead back to feeling safe. Oh, and yeah. then how and then from there discerning between what is truly safe and what is our ego's freak out of like stay safe. Like we don't keep growing because we want you to stay safe. Cause that's another road yes, split. There's a difference. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So so that's really, you know, it starts with high achieving overthinkers, people who mm-hmm. really want to do something in the world and they can feel it and then their head starts going and they get stuck. And mm-hmm. how can we normal? I always say like normalize, neutralize, mm-hmm. and realize like, okay, once I can normalize my thoughts and once I can neutralize what's happening, mm-hmm. then I can move into the world in a way that feels more grounded and more aware and alert. So yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that, um, Christy. And I mean, even in the session you did with my group, I remember what I took away from it is that, um, and I'm looking forward to continuing to learn from you in this conversation too. But what I remember taking away from it is that I know that I can communicate from a place of presence and from my heart and not from the you know mess in my head the judgmental kind of mess in my head, um, when I write, like I realize that when I write, I can write from the purest, most present heart centered place. But when I'm speaking often, I go into the head. Right. And it's true. I go into the, like, am I saying the right thing? Um, are people listening to me? Are people thinking, are people getting what I'm saying? And then, you know, and I can, I feel myself when I'm communicating. And I think that, um, that a lot of people and maybe even especially women struggle with this but they don't even have the awareness that they struggle with it you know i think it just feels like oh well this is what happens when i go to communicate i get nervous and we don't really think about why is that and yeah. and where is that coming from and how can we as you say neutralize that yeah oh
1: it's so good so uh- I have ideas. I have theories Mm -hmm. on this. A lot of times they end up being really resonant with people in ways that we may not have thought about it before. So when I talked about before helping people get out of their head to get into their body to feel safe, it's because when you can feel more comfortable in your body, you are telling your system that you're safe. So your fight or flight, all of the cortisol and adrenaline stress hormones are chilled out. So mm-hmm. now you have more, your aperture open. So you have, you, you can take more in, yes. whereas when you're really amped up, y- your your body is made to go like this because you can't look out that much. It's too vulnerable. Yeah. Your body's yeah. saying, like, you're going to like set yourself up to die, literally. Mm-hmm. So if we can like normalize it like that, it allows people to chill out. But I love you bringing this up because my thought on this is this. There is a safety to go in our head when we're visible. So when you're talking about being present and what you can be present, but when you're speaking, you go in your head, Mm -hmm. there are a few different things. So one of them, I believe is our makeup Mm -hmm. because when we're visible, we feel more threatened for something to happen to us, for a threat to happen to us. So even if we don't realize it on like a mental level, there's something in our body that's saying, this is not safe. You're setting yourself up for harm's way.
0: Yeah, so we go
1: in our head, okay, as a way of like I'm going to control this, right? I can't yes. be too present because I'm going to be really vulnerable to attack. Mm-hmm. So there's that. The second piece is specifically for females and some males for sure. Being focused is a threat. We've been conditioned that it's it's there. There is someone who's so focused is so has so much authority and power. Like when you see someone who's really yes. focused. It is so fierce and it's so amazing. And at the same time, people can get really freaking intimidated by it.
0: Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Chrissy, just can we just pause and say yes. focus is fierce? I'm writing that down for you because and for me, because I feel like it's that is like that is the truth in this world of distraction and so many things happening. Like to when you show when you can really focus, um, there's like a an element of, like, strength and leadership that comes from that. Totally. And mm-hmm. so,
1: and it's so physical, right? So that's mm-hmm. why I have people go into their body because you have to feel it. We touched upon this when yeah. you were on my podcast earlier. It's mm-hmm. like you have you have to feel safe mm-hmm. to be able to feel what's happening in your body because if you don't feel safe in your space, you're not going to feel be okay to check in here. It's going to be like, no, this isn't okay. Mm -hmm. When we are distracted, it's been very conditioned in our world that like, I love Diane Keaton. I love Mm -hmm. her. I love when we'll get into the movie piece too, because that's part Mm -hmm. of my story, right? Mm -hmm. I love her. And I was always, I I had a instructor in New York when I was studying acting who studied with her. And he would mm-hmm. always cast me in like roles that she was cast in when they were students together. Cause it's like, you're so like Diane, And I took it as such a compliment and it's cause I was a neurotic hot mess and <laughs> really. And so there is something that's so charming and endearing and lovable about like the neurotic woman. It keeps people yes. feeling really comfortable because they feel like they, their are shit together more, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, and it's just so cute. And then I can help her and I can, So I rode that really long for a very long time of like, and and for other reasons, I stayed in my head, but it really, I noticed it made people much more comfortable when I was the scattered creative who was distracted. Mm -hmm. So it almost became like strategic without me realizing it. When I focused, it seemed much more intimidating and I Mm -hmm. felt more threatening to people and I didn't like that because I felt like, oh, yeah. I'm making someone feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Rewind and get get back into this. Like, I don't remember what I was saying. And I'm so scattered and like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Oh my God, can you believe I just said that? It almost ditzy almost. Yeah. And and so how did I start paying attention to that? I started feeling safer in my body. And What, how that came to be was from a divorce for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have those moments that happen in our life that create this like screeching halt of Mm -hmm. you have a very clear choice to carry on as you are or to make a change. And we often look at it like a fork in the road, which can be really Mm -hmm. overwhelming because we live in such a very extreme binary, like it's this or that. Yeah. So I always look at it like it's an accordion. Like, yes, there might be a fork in the road, but if you look clearer, it actually can open up more. So there's actually more options. It's not just Mm -hmm. this or that. Because when we think something is this or that, it can be incredibly stressful about making a choice. Yes. So when I was in that place of transitioning, like what's happening, I had a lot of forgiveness I had to face. I had a lot of um, acceptance and a ton of self-love. Like, you know, I always think like, what helps you get in this line of work? And it's like, do you want the cool answer or the honest answer?
0: <laughs> yeah, the honest
1: answer, of course. <laughs> huh. Which really is the cool answer because we yeah. know like honesty is the coolest thing <laughs> yeah, in Yeah, it's
0: cool. That's right. The authenticity um, is cool. It's
1: so cool. Is yes. There was so much self-loathing that I didn't know was happening. And, mm. and it wasn't until I was able to really um, realize that that had happened, It'd been happening for a very long time in my life that I, and it was very jarring. It was very exhausting waking up to that. It was very like, ugh, like really? I I have that much self-loathing and that much shame. And like, I didn't want to look at it. I was so disgusted Mm -hmm. by myself, like those parts Mm -hmm. of myself. And um, lots of self-destructive behavior, you know, that I look back on and I see this chain that Mm -hmm. I felt like, You know what led me to doing the work is looking back and really seeing parts of myself that I ended up going, oh, honey bun, like the way I would talk to my daughter, like, oh, honey, you were so vacant, you were so hollow, you were so kind of just navigating the world in a way that was so, um, sometimes reckless and sometimes floaty. I was very disassociated from my body. Yeah, you know, and um and i feel like what the divorce helped me look at was a big mirror it's like you get this beautiful gift when you get divorced and you mm-hmm. open it and it's this shiny mirror <laughs> that forces <laughs> you, you like, to look right in it oh you can slam it down but then it's a million pieces of you to look into so yeah. i would like, say just <laughs> take one piece <laughs> and she used to go okay this is this here we go um But the point is that I was able to look back and see a lot of patterns that were happening in my life. And I was Mm. able to look back and see, okay, so there was a point in life where you split from yourself. Mm -hmm. And so coming full circle to the work that I do, it's really to allow there to be wholeness. And so the split parts of us that we kind of push to the side or totally forgot about, how can we bring them back in in a way that allows them to feel safe? And so we can tap into that higher self that is really the leader of all of these beautiful parts, whether we don't like them or like them, or yes. we, we can grow to have this unconditional love for them. Because mm-hmm. I know that like that split part that happened was very clear of like, and maybe your listeners can resonate with this, is, mm-hmm. is this idea of I'm, I like, so people pleasing in such an intuitive empathic, I was abusing my gifts. That's yeah. what I was like, very empathic, very intuitive. And I was abusing them because I could sense what people wanted and I would just chameleonize myself. I would shape shift, And um, until I had no idea who I was, so I got into acting because it was like, oh my God, this is so much better to be other people. Like, this is yeah, great. interesting. You know, That's like I can great. be everybody else and I don't really have to see myself. Yes. And also it was... There was, on the flip side of that, it also gave me an opportunity to explore all these parts of myself mm-hmm. in a safe space.
0: Yes, yes. So That's it was right. both, yes try it on. You got to try on different parts exactly. of yourself. Exactly. In a safe space. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm.
1: And it was this sense of like, um, you know, feeling like I I could sense what people wanted and I would give that to them. Yeah. And lose myself in it. So Mm -hmm. it was this matter of like bringing it all back, which leads to the parts that we've talked about before, like this idea and the characters, which is really fun. It's like there are characters in us that we can get to know and reacquaint ourselves with in a way that is really playful and in a way that is really um, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be so serious. Like the self-acceptance and the self-forgiving, it doesn't have to be so heavy. Yeah. And, and we allow ourselves to realize that these are all parts of us that make up our whole. It gives ourselves space to see them from a distance. And that is inevitably going to allow us to have more self-compassion because we're looking at this part as, as, as if it's not us, even though yes. it is.
0: Yes, you know,
1: and we have yes. a tendency to be kinder to other people than we are to ourselves. So,
0: yes, totally. Yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> oh my god, there's so many different directions I could go from here. I feel but- like I was just
1: like a, a, a ray of sun, like a sun core, and I took us in so many different spots. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's good though. <laughs> I mean, I think where I would like to pick it up though is, um, you know, you talk about your own experience, but I think that as you said. That many of us experience this sense of um, shape shifting in some form or another, right? And I think we talked about it on your podcast. My shape shifting, (laughs) um, you know, to feel like I belonged or fit in and um, felt accepted was um, to like just be the good girl and like do all the right things and, Mm -hmm. you know, do things that would sort of put me at a higher kind of standard or, you know, people would see me at a higher level. And like, I spent a lot of my, maybe even into my twenties, um, with that as my main drive. Right. And, um, for you, your journey was same, but different, right? Like also trying to find that sense of belonging and being able to be yourself. Um, And I know when you told me about that, it was more of a rebellious, like I went the good girl for you and you went a little bit more rebellious, right? But I'm just, um, I'd love to kind of talk about this in general of why um, women in particular, I don't, I haven't really heard a lot of men struggle with this sort of from an identity standpoint, right? Like, why do you think it is that so many women feel this way and have this time in their life where they feel like i want to be more present within myself i want to feel safe within myself and then they have to then do the work why do you think that is
1: well i want to say that i, I feel again it's conditioning i do feel like it's yeah. societal conditioning i feel like there are a lot of men who feel this way we just have mm-hmm. not given them the opportunity to yeah, allow them enough. to be acceptable so yeah. they're unfortunate unfortunately, I mean, there is a guy named Terry Real who does incredible work. He's a therapist mm-hmm. who works with men and and couples
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, on shifting this, if mm-hmm. anyone's interested. But I do feel like there is an advantage for women in a way that mm-hmm. it's acceptable to do this work and it's acceptable. Yes, to, and you're we right. also, it's acceptable to ask for help, even mm-hmm. though, yes, it can be difficult. It's more acceptable. Whereas with a man, they are supposed to be able to know what's going on. They're supposed to take care of it. They're supposed to be able to handle it. And so when they're presenting themselves, it's more acceptable for them to be an authority. Mm -hmm. Whereas with women, it's not as as acceptable. So we both have a tendency to kind of lean in
0: to what will be likable. It's just in a different way. It's in a different way. It's in our own ways we've been conditioned. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um okay so I would love to kind of get like right into some like specifics around how because I've learned from you some of these specifics and um you know yeah. if you are someone who um like as you gave the examples it could be that you are presenting in a meeting or it could be that you're on a Zoom call right or it could be that you're recording a reel and you're trying to grow your business what are some tips that you could give us um that put us in that place where we aren't in our heads and we aren't sort of judging uh, ourselves as we're showing up on screen um, or even in person and instead can stay within our body It's speaking from our heart, speaking from, you know, that authentic place. So there's,
1: there are so many, but the, the two that stand out to me the most are one is the, is a prep, which I feel like, your audience is a very prepared bunch, so is I'm it? gonna give that one first. yes, uh, so the prep, whether you're in front of an audience live or whether it's on camera, they're slightly they, we can go off into slightly different directions, but overarching no matter what it's for you to get clear on what you are bringing.
0: So mm-hmm. what is your
1: message and and in that also. To tell yourself that they want you to succeed, they yeah. want you to—they want you to bring them something without putting pressure on about that. It's mm-hmm. not about pressure. It's like they're really rooting for you. Yes. And the ones who quote unquote aren't—you're not going to talk to them. Like you're—you're you're not going to get through to them anyway. And they might down the road look, bad. but that's not your job to take care of every single person, right? Your job is to get clear on who am I talking to? And, and this is very like logistical and very clear and practical, but it, it, it's helpful. Who's my audience? If I were them, what would I want to leave with feeling? Do I want to feel more relieved? Do I want to feel more knowledgeable? Do I want to feel entertained? Do I want to feel optimistic and excited? How, how do you want them to feel? How would they want to feel? Like, yes. you know, to get clear on that so that you can drive the information there. Mm -hmm. and it helps you stay focused. The other piece too, is that when you get clear on how you want them to feel, you can anchor yourself in that word. So if it's Mm -hmm. supported, right, you can say, okay, I want them to feel supported. So how can I take my message and have it be, and I also say like narrow it to three things, like within your main message, keep it to three because our brains can really grasp three really well and can do a lot of physical with yes, your fingers. Too, too. And you that's can right. also like the magic of three, like three is just yeah. a beautiful space to stay in. Right. Yes.
0: I love that specific example. And it does remind me of business school, never more than three bullets. I mean, I totally. break that all the time, but I think that's it's hundred percent. Yeah. And for people to grasp and to come back to you and all yeah. that stuff. Uh,
1: but it also allows you to go back to that anchor. So if you get lost, if you're doing a reel and there's no one quote unquote out there and you're getting mm-hmm. lost in that, Or if you're in person and you see someone make a face and we can easily get in our heads, it anchors you back to like support. I always say like, bring that word back. Like you see someone make a face, you get in your head and start creating a story, support. Mm -hmm. So you just go back to like, I am supporting them. I want them to be. So it just is an anchor out of your head. So that's one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one of the other that I talked to your group about too, that I'm a huge fan of because I feel like what we were talking about before when it comes to being in our head and how it can be a defense mechanism, we oftentimes, without realizing it as a protective mechanism, mm-hmm. reject ourselves before someone else can. Mm-hmm. So if I can go in my head and kind of mess it up in a way or yes. call myself out that I'm an imposter... When someone else does, if they do, it won't hurt as much because I already did it. I already rejected myself. yeah. so the second piece is approve of yourself. Mm-hmm. if If we uh, can approve of ourselves and not reject ourselves because we're only mirroring what we're rejecting in ourself, right? Yeah so if we can approve of ourselves and set ourselves up to again talk to that part of ourself as if it's like an actual person then no matter what someone says, we, we, chances are, and this is what's really cool, we see it differently. What we originally would have thought was a rejection or a critique from someone, whether they make a comment verbally or whether they ask a question, it oftentimes changes. Like We end up looking at it like an actual smart question, or we look mm-hmm. at it like, oh, that really is a benign comment, or mm-hmm. we just feel the energy differently because we feel more whole from not rejecting the part of us that we're kind of giving up for grabs.
0: Yes. Does that? Yes, yes, clear? totally. Yeah, it totally does. I know. I love those tips. I feel like I've already used them since you shared them. And I feel like anybody can use them, right? Like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter what kind of work you do. It could be like when you're speaking to your partner or to, you know, other family members like really you can use it anytime. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, so one of the questions that I'd like to ask women on this podcast is about, um, the lessons that you've learned along your journey, because I often say, you know, I'm a huge, um, like I love to absorb information, podcasts, books, everything. I'm like constantly reading and absorbing. But I have learned that we don't actually learn that much that way, right? Like it helps us to process and connect dots. The way we actually learn is by going out into the world and living and like doing things and making a, you know, so-called mistake and learning from that and then moving on and going and making this decision and that decision. and That's how we really learn. So can you think of a time in your life where – um you learned a lesson the hard way, which is the, really the only way.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: man. Which one to
1: choose from? Uh, Where right, I learned a lesson the hard way. And this is somewhat – it's coming to me. I'm going to share this one. It, it's, yeah. it's relatively vague, but you and I have talked about it before. So mm-hmm. what I will say is I learned through a pattern. Mm-hmm. I learned the uh, the lesson of c- cutting and running the hard way. You know, we talked about how I had a cupcake company called Frosted Flicks, and it started picking up, and I didn't know if I could handle it, and so I, like, left. I was like, okay, I got to shut it down. <laughs> and um, I think we talked about something else where I did that. I noticed mm-hmm. I had a pattern of cutting and running out of fear yes. of, like, not being able to handle it. Yes, And so... The lesson that I've learned from that, there are many lessons, but one of them is to, as bizarre and counterintuitive as it seems, do the opposite of what I would usually do in that situation
0: Mm. because
1: the feeling is the same. Yeah. And so the feeling is going to lead me to want to do the same action. Mm -hmm. So the lesson is when I notice that feeling... Have that be the signal to go, oh, that's a familiar feeling. Now you're gonna do something different.
0: Yeah, and this is what I would have normally done, but this yes. is yeah, but I'm gonna choose exactly. differently this time. Yes. Exactly. And what I've done,
1: what I've noticed to do isn't, I mean, it's very unsexy. It's not like a super, you know, novel thing. It's more out yeah. of slowing down because I yeah. go very fast when I get nervous, where some people yeah. will freeze or will slow down. I go faster. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's more slowing down. So it's mm-hmm. just this idea of slow down. And choose something of a healthy distraction to get mm-hmm. you out of thinking about this because right now you're spinning mm-hmm. and you need to do something else. Mm-hmm. And it's not cutting and com- and you know going to the extreme of like this is done. It's like choose a, choose a different outlet. Yes, and then come back to it.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, because it is like otherwise it can it can be a form of self sabotage to make decisions from that place, right? So totally. Yeah. No, that's so good. Um, one of the things I talk about a lot on this podcast and in my groups and basically everywhere <laughs> is this idea that we all have an inner voice, right? And that inner voice has so much knowing and so much wisdom, and it was always there. And But we grow up with all these voices telling us what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and what to be afraid of. And we hear them And they change over time, but really they're the loudest they ever were right now, right? With like social media and media and keeping up with the Joneses and there's just so much, right? And what I've learned is that if we don't nurture our inner voice, then those loud voices um, can just take over. And and it's almost like uh, you know our voice as it is, is a whisper, but it, it can just almost go to like it's imperceptible, like, oh, I can't even hear it at all. Um, and I think that um, one of the things we have in common is that we do listen to that inner voice and it does drive us. Um, and I wondered if you uh, could share how you tap into that. Like, are there is there a way that you consciously um, make space to listen to your instincts and listen to that inner voice? Yes,
1: mm-hmm. there is. And I... I haven't done a lot of, you know, research on this, but you just said something that made me think of it. I look at our inner voice and instinct is different. I look at intuition and instinct is different. I look at instinct is almost like the cut and run. Like my instinct is to one thing to cut, whereas my intuition is underneath it. It's like, I was just talking to a client about it where it's this, and creatives do have a tendency to be very impulsive. And, you know, I do feel like it's this idea of, Sensory overload because we have a tendency yes. to be more way more sensitive than, and so a, a way of thickening our skin is to go fast, yes, and to just get the. So, my instinct is usually faster. Mm-hmm. My intuition—it's like the ocean; and it's like going. But if you go deeper, it's like Phew. still. That's right. Still, and that, and and my intuition is never hurried. Mm-hmm. So. The conscious way I listen to it is I practice every single day. I don't just leave it up for chance. Um, and I do meditate. I do, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. believe in that being a through line to it for sure. And I move, so I, Mm -hmm. I jokingly will say like it's like M and M's. Like when you think of M and M's, like the candy, it's like movement and meditation. Yes, (laughs) and the more that you can get. Used to what you need mm-hmm. underneath what you think you need, yes, and practice it in low stakes situations. You're strengthening strengthening the same muscle that is with you for the rest of your life in situations like public speaking, going on camera, talking you know sh- doing a town hall or whatever you're doing to your team with a team meeting. Your intuition will still stay there and will be holding you and, and protecting you when you might feel like you have to speed up, you have to come up with an answer, you have to give a response, you have to do this, you have to do that. And, you have, and by strengthening the inner voice and knowing that it's really supporting you, when we go into mode to feel a sense of approval from people and not wanting to disappoint people, that mm-hmm. may still happen. There might still be fear there. But there is a sense of like deep, deep connected courage to our inner voice, even if on the surface we're we're, we're disappointing people or we're still looking for approval. Like that might still be yes. there, but yes. our decision making making will be really different. Yes. That, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, and I love what you said that it is a practice, right? It's not something you can be like, okay, intuition, where are you? I mean, you can do that too, but it's harder to find that way, right? Versus when you're working on it every day and giving space to it every day, then um, when you need it, it's easier to access, right? It's easier to hear that voice. Yes.
1: Yeah. And and the, the, one of the other things I'll just share for anybody is, is it doesn't have to be meditation. Like, the way Mm -hmm. we look at meditation. It could be walking, if that's something that does it. It could be um, journaling. It could be coloring, like coloring Mm -hmm. book with like instrumental music. I highly recommend listening to music that has no words, that's instrumental. I love Brooklyn Duo is a great group that does covers of pop music and classical music, but they do Adele, they do Beyonce, they do Coldplay. Oh, nice. it's, It's all piano and a cello. And it's just so beautiful. And What's it
0: called, Christy? Can you say it again?
1: Brooklyn Duo, like Brooklyn, New York.
0: like this Okay, yeah, Brooklyn girl. Duo. Okay, I'll put in the show notes too. Brooklyn Duo, and then
1: the other is Explosions in the Sky. That's okay. another beautiful group. And what I use for workshops, and then I'll play in my house too, is um, Coldplay. The Coldplay, you know the band Coldplay, obviously. Yes. But you can find their instrumental music. Oh, and beautiful. I open up to that stuff. So when I love music with words. I love yeah. that. But I love when there's no words. And I feel like that's an access. So frequencies is another like, binaural beats. Like those mm-hmm. are just different frequencies that can literally heal your body. So that's yeah. there, there too. But I do feel like having instrumental music allows your body to move. Like it literally mm-hmm. changes the frequency of your body. So yes. it opens you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I'll say to that is if anybody's listening and they're like, oh, I'm so If they're feeling a certain feeling and they want to feel something else, a a way to also have fun and play with your intuition is to notice how you're feeling and be honest and go, I'm feeling so overwhelmed, or I'm feeling so depressed, or I'm feeling so out of control. Like I'm feeling helpless right now, especially with what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And how do I want to feel? And it's usually the opposite of how you're feeling, right? So knowing that both can be true. Like I can feel overwhelmed and lean into feeling focused. Mm -hmm. And then what you can do for your intuition is to say, thank you so much for showing me the way to focus. Thank you. And just babble that over and over. like, Thank you so much for showing me the way to be helpful. Or thank you so much for showing me the way to clarity. Thank you so much. And then you're literally changing your lens to see, and you'll get a hit. You'll get a sense like, Oh, that name just popped up or oh, I just saw I just had that idea. It'll come
0: through. Yes. Yeah. I love that, Christy. That's so good and it's so actionable. Like you could like anybody listening can act, can try that right away. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So good. Um so speaking of intuition, can you think of a time when you um made a decision based purely on intuition? Like you you know, you didn't Hem and haw, you didn't check in with a million different people, but you just sort of was like, this is what feels right and went for it.
1: Yes. And I, you sent me this question very thoughtfully, so I had time to think about it. And mm-hmm. at first I was like, I don't know if I ever made a decision solely based on intuition, but I realized I did, meaning that I was like, it was bubbled. Like I felt mm-hmm. so protected and it was two very big moments in my life. Mm -hmm. One was when I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm -hmm. I felt like a golden goddess when I was pregnant with my daughter. I I love it. I I felt so in this mama bear mode, but also so resilient. Like there was Mm -hmm. nothing. I felt so guided. It was the smoothest process in the entire world. I just felt so connected on every single level. Every decision was intuitive, everything. I mean, I look back on it now and I'm like, oh my God, everything was so intuitive. Like it wasn't a question. Mm -hmm. I didn't care what people said. I I just was like, you have a right. And I also didn't feel this staunch.
0: Yeah, yeah. It wasn't against anybody. No, I was like,
1: oh my, I was very in this human mode of like, oh my gosh, I wonder what, what happened for you to think that way. Or, oh, I wonder how, Mm. like, it was just very, and you're allowed. Okay. So that was that one. And when I was going through my divorce, mm-hmm. that was incredible. If anybody's gone through a divorce, you know, and ours wasn't even that acrimonious. It was, mm-hmm. we grew apart um, and we had, there was a lot to that for sure. Yeah. But the process of it, like going mm-hmm. through it, I so was here mm-hmm. and I had a lot of upheaval and relationships in my life mm-hmm. beyond my ex-husband from that, you know? Um mm-hmm. That I easily, it would have been a much easier road on the outside to just give in to what people wanted and make other people feel better.
0: Yeah. But I had
1: to face a very deep, deep seated codependency with that, Mm -hmm. that I worked on and I'm still working on, Mm -hmm. that I realized was so clouding my intuition. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so used to going and doing and want, you know, that Mm -hmm. my intuition kept just slowly being like, mm mm. No, and, and it's going to hurt and it's going to be painful and it's going to be hard and keep going this way. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, I look back and people in my life who mean very much to me have come forward on their own in just very past passing ways, sharing things that I sensed then and we're going back like five years ago that they're aware of now. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did that are you getting that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So it was great affirmation of if that's the right word, like of my intuition going. Yes, you yeah. followed it, and and you don't always get that afterwards, but no. And here is your reward. Your reward yeah. is that you listened, and it was really tough, and there were relationships that got really shaky, and some dissolved, yes. and some of the people came through afterwards, like, I learned this from you, or I gained this from you, or, I mean, literally out of their mouth, like, I gained this, or I learned yes. this, or I didn't yes. know this, or you said yes, this. Yes, and
0: you don't, you're right, you are so don't know that you're doing it, and you can't, no. like, you can't in the moment be thinking about, like, how this might support other people or act as a as a light, right, like, as a guiding light for other people, but it does, like, kind of, like, bringing us back to this idea of a universal intelligence, right? That your instincts are really connected to that universal intelligence and that, that your instincts are leading you to the highest good for all. And, and when you think about that situation, you think about the highest good for all being, okay, what's best for me? What's best for my children? What's best for my um, ex-husband even, right? Like maybe this is what's the highest good for everyone involved, But then it's farther reaching than that, right? It's like people who are watching and people who are observing and who are having their own experiences in parallel and then only later can tell you that like, you know, how it affected them.
1: Exactly. And two things that you said that I want to hold on on. The first is it, I do feel like it's intentionally murky. I feel like that's the universal, like that's trust. That's yeah, surrender. Yes, That's yes. what it is. It's like trust is murky because how else would you trust if you knew the way? Yeah, totally. You, absolutely. You wouldn't, right? You have to tr- like it's that intuitive like yes, keep trusting yeah. and going to what you shared when you were on my podcast, this sense of get support. Get support yeah. and I'm a huge I am a huge fan of unbiased support from a coach, from a therapist who you can trust. Yeah. Yes, a confidant. However, when you're going through a divorce or when you're going through a really difficult time, the people who love you love you and they want to be on your side and they want to be compassionate and give you love. And so it might be skewed in your favor mm-hmm. from love, not from anything. So when you can yeah. go to someone who's, who is a 100% with you and cares for you yeah, with a 100% unbiased like... Mm-hmm it is incredibly helpful for you to go on this journey of feeling like I, I'm strengthening my intuition and it's scaring the shit out of me. And what do I do? Yes. And talk to someone there. The second thing you said that I loved was that idea of whether you're journaling, whether you're saying it, this or something better
0: for mm-hmm. myself
1: and all those involved, right? This or something better for my, the highest good of myself and all of those involved. And it yeah. really is this beautiful enveloping all of those involved, and it gives you a sense of I feel security and safety to mm-hmm. trust your intuition more because mm-hmm. your intuition is not going to have you harm someone. So if yeah. you're feeling like I'm trusting my intuition, but it's telling me to write this nasty comment or it's t- it's that's not your intuition. That's not, not agree. No. That
0: is not your intuition. No, no. <clears throat> um, Christy, we're coming near the end of our time together, but I have a, f- a few more questions I'm hoping to squeeze in with you. So. Sure. The first one is just to tell us like what's coming up for you. What are you working on right now? How are you working with people right now? What can we, how can we engage with you?
1: Oh, I love it. Yes. Engage, engage. Okay. So the first is the podcast, the so to speak podcast. So I, it's focused really on high achieving overthinkers. I do a lot of focus on emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and energetic work. So like, how Mm -hmm. can you, get used to being in your body and feeling safer in your body, how to get out of your head, how to have a little bit more of a relationship where your mind's working for you versus against you. So to pay attention to that. So I use practices. So I'll have guests on like yourself, Mm -hmm. and then I'll also do solo episodes that have an actual exercise so that people can take it and apply it. Because when you attain without applying, it just clogs our mind with more thoughts and that Mm -hmm. defeats the purpose. Mm -hmm. So that's the first. And then the second is um, I'm doing one, one-on-one one coaching is always available. It's energetic mm-hmm. leadership coaching, and that's uh, a package deal for five months. You work with me. We can set up how you want to do it frequency-wise, but it mm-hmm. usually ends up being like every other week where you do an energy leadership assessment. It's like a baseline to your blood work, I say, but it's your energy mm-hmm. baseline. Yeah. And then we go through uh, for you to just understand yourself more so you can be more conscious in your decision-making versus default mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Presentation coaching can be a part of that as well, or people can do standalone presentation coaching one-on-one. I'm also working on uh, presenting with presence as a online course. Mm -hmm. So that's something that people will be able to take on their own and they can check in with me if they want to pair that with one-on-one coaching. Um, I do workshops that I go into organizations and do get ahead of your head, which is mm-hmm. a half day or a, a full day on or off site with teams within organizations. And I think that's it. I'm thinking, oh, and people can also, if they just want to try it out and do the energy leadership assessment, they can pay solely for that. We do mm-hmm. two full debrief sessions of that. And then they can choose from there if they want to continue on with coaching.
0: Oh my God. It's so many, it's so good. So many good ways to engage and so many right. ways to get out of your head and drop into your body so that your message is clear and that you can feel great about presenting, communicating, showing up, being visible, all these things that we need to do, right? We we yeah. need to do these things in order to put our best foot forward in the world. And we need more of our voices out there. So um, I love that you're supporting that, you know, through the work that you do. Um, I wanted to ask you the question that I ask everybody on the podcast, which is what do you think it means to be all you are? Whole.
1: I feel like it's feeling this sense of wholeness and mm-hmm. all that you are. It's like all of the parts of yourself, all of the versions of yourself, your highest self like has these almost like go-go gadget arms that's just Mm -hmm. ready to just bring them all in Mm -hmm. and feel whole. Yeah. Wholeness. That's all we all need and want, Mm -hmm. right? Totally. Even if we don't realize it, you know, it's like, we just want to feel whole. Mm -hmm. There's this sense that we're constantly reaching outside of ourselves when if we can look at those parts that are looking outside of ourselves, we realize like, oh my gosh, I can actually give that to you here. And I -hmm. feel so much better than if I reached out and waited for someone else to deliver it. Yeah. But it takes practice. Practice. That's why it's so amazing. I have to say too, like the work that you do and who you are and what you're contributing to our world is such a major gift and such a benefit to so many people because you are one of the few lights that is so, uh, you know, I have a friend who, who calls people who are in any sort of healing work? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people have dirty pipes, like yes. they're working with dirty pipes. Yes. You're
0: so working with a clean ass pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody has ever said that to me, but it is a huge compliment. I have clean pipes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Christy. Thank you for this conversation. And as you said on your podcast, I'm looking forward to more of more conversations and more collaborating together and amplifying, you know, the work that you're doing. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. That was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Kana. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found inspiration and use this podcast to start stepping into all you are to hear more about the podcast. Follow me over on Instagram at kana underscore all you are. Send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review until next time. Remember to keep exploring what it means to be all you are.